This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey all, Eric Christensen here from the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. Thanks all for listening today. Uh, I'm going to cover magnesium pharmacology. Uh, magnesium is definitely one of those supplements I see used in practice quite a bit. Uh, a lot of times patients don't know why they're taking it. Um, maybe they got a recommendation from a friend or a relative saying they should be on magnesium. Uh, I would say overall, the majority of patients don't need extra magnesium if they're, you know, eating a normal, you know, standard kind of routine diet. Um, but, you know, it, it definitely depends upon the, the situation and the circumstance there. So um, with that said, it is a supplement. You'll see patients do this on their own. Uh, you know, at low doses, over-the-counter doses, usually it's probably not going to cause too much trouble, but there are some certain situations um, that I'll, I'll kind of talk about. But magnesium serves a ton of purposes within the body, uh, you know, from the immune system to uh, muscular skeletal system, uh, cardiac um, functions there as well. Uh, magnesium is uh, everywhere, certainly, and um the situation that I probably see the most in real practice is low magnesium levels. And with low magnesium levels, if we've got a very severe type situation, we may have to replace with IV magnesium. So the issue with really low magnesium that can come up is uh, potential cardiac EKG changes, uh, if severe enough, torsades to points, things of that nature. So um, can be very, very serious, but pretty uncommon uh, in an otherwise uh, healthy patient that way. So um, one kind of characteristic that, that I've seen low magnesium occur in patients, uh, patients who have trouble with alcohol, alcoholism, uh, they can definitely have a lower magnesium. Uh, there are a few drugs as well, which I'll kind of talk about drug interactions and impacting magnesium levels um, towards the, the end here. Um, but again, really low magnesium. The big risk is um, changes in that cardiac function. That's the, the big, big risk. Now, there can be milder symptoms to low magnesium and leg cramps. Is one that I've definitely seen patients report, and I think oftentimes uh, people with leg cramps, patients with leg cramps, will try that empirically and then start taking magnesium, and you know they never reassess it or never look at it as long as they don't have problems or side effects with it, and oftentimes nobody knows why they're on it in the first place, and the patient may or may not remember either. I've definitely run into those circumstances. Uh, issues with magnesium supplementation. So let's say we've got a patient that's, you know, mildly low. Um, that type of patient, we may do some supplementation. So let's say an oral supplement like magnesium oxide, 
there's two primary concerns that that I think about with magnesium supplements. So number one is uh, GI side effects, stomach upset, diarrhea. Those can happen with magnesium definitely. And the the way I remember that is milk and magnesia can help constipation. So again, GI upset, diarrhea definitely. Um, by far the most common adverse effect you're you're going to see there with magnesium. Now the second thing we we've got to remember, especially in patients who uh, maybe aren't um, paying attention, maybe they're taking excessive doses for some odd reason, is patients with uh, poor kidney function because that drug, or excuse me, magnesium can accumulate in patients where the kidney isn't pumping it out uh, effectively. So got to remember that in patients with renal disease, things of that nature, if you're doing replacement or if the patient's doing something on their own with magnesium, uh, that there is a a small risk for accumulation, again, depending upon the dose and and what we're trying to to do there. So I think that kind of wraps up the the early portion here. I'm going to definitely cover some drug interactions. Um, with magnesium, that's going to be a very, very important thing to, to think about. Um, before we do that, take a quick break from our sponsor, meded101.com. If you're in the market for NAPLEX, BCPS, BCGP, BCACP study materials, uh, if you're looking to hone your skills as a, a clinical professional uh, working with medications, uh, meded101.com slash store has a growing list of uh, resources uh, to suit your needs there. So go check that out, support our sponsor, and uh, support the Real Life Pharmacology podcast as well. So let's finish up on drug interactions. I wanted to, to take a little time and, and cover a few of them here. So first off, uh, we've got drugs that can potentially cause low magnesium. So this isn't necessarily a, a, a drug that's going to interact with magnesium itself, but there are drugs that may contribute to low magnesium. And I wanted to cover that first. So proton pump inhibitors, that is one that has been shown to contribute to lower levels of magnesium. So obviously as a clinical pharmacist, that's something I look at closely. If I've got a patient that has you know, chronic low magnesium or has had issues in the past, I'm going to definitely look at that PPI. What are we using it for? Is it appropriate? Can we do something different in that patient? So maybe we don't have to supplement or can get by with less supplemental magnesium. So that's one drug uh, that can definitely lower magnesium level. Uh, the other one maybe, um, you know, maybe even more common is diuretics. So loop diuretics in particular are definitely potent diuretics that can send out multiple um, different electrolytes and things of that nature, and magnesium is one of those. So keep an eye on this in patients maybe on uh, you know moderate to higher doses of, of loop diuretics or we're escalating the dose. Uh, there is a potential risk there for lowering that magnesium level. So I definitely want you to, to remember those. I definitely have seen those come up in clinical practice for sure. Now, the other side of the coin, so let's say you're taking a magnesium supplement. I want you to remember binding interactions with magnesium, much like calcium. Uh, so binding interactions, there's three 
really big ones that I can always think about or they, they come to my mind. Uh, so quinolone antibiotics, there's maybe getting to be a, a little bit less frequent use of quinolones. However, uh, historically, they have been used quite a bit to treat various infections, um, complicated infections, pneumonias, things of that nature. So magnesium can potentially bind up those drugs and reduce the concentrations in the blood, which puts a patient at risk for basically treatment failure in an infection um, not being adequately treated because we're not getting adequate concentrations. Uh, the second class, same type of idea, tetracycline antibiotics. So again, maybe we're using doxycycline for pneumonia or some other obscure um, disease state. Magnesium, if given close to the same time as that doxycycline, that can reduce those drug concentrations. So two really, really important antibiotics that you got to remember that. And last one I wanted to cover uh, was levothyroxine. So again, you get patients that, you know, pick up a supplement, they start taking it um, because somebody told them it's a, a good idea or they might be low or whatever the reason, and they don't recognize that there's potential interactions. So again, magnesium lowering those concentrations of a drug uh, like levothyroxine is a possibility uh, that's easily monitored with, you know, TSH and things of that nature, as well as clinical monitoring of symptoms for hypothyroidism or um, lower levels of uh, that thyroid replacement drug. So definitely keep uh, those drug interactions in mind. Very, very common uh, for sure there. So that's going to wrap it up for today. Uh, go check out reallifepharmacology.com. Snag that free 31-page uh, uh, PDF. Great little study guide of really clinically relevant things uh, that you're actually going to see in practice and things that likely uh, come up on pharmacology exams, board exams, um, anyone who's being tested uh, on medication. So go snag that for free. Uh, rating review on iTunes. Um, greatly, greatly appreciated for all those of you who have done that. Um, if you love the podcast, enjoy the, the content we're putting out, um, definitely go uh, do that. We certainly um, appreciate that, and I can't thank you guys enough for that. So uh, with that, we're going to wrap up today. Thanks for listening, and uh, take care. Have a good rest of your day. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.